You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. If you love monograms, then I'm sure you already know of Emily McCarthy, but today Emily is known for more than just that. She has her online shop, a brick and mortar in Savannah, countless brand collaborations and licensed deals, and her beautiful own clothing collection. Stay tuned to learn more about all of her journey. All right, so please introduce yourself to everyone. Let us know who you are, what you do, and where you live. So hi, I'm Emily McCarthy. I live in Savannah, Georgia, and I'm the the designer and founder of the Emily McCarthy shop. I love that. And I've been shopping, like I mentioned earlier, um, your brand and your products and all of that for years now. So I've loved watching the progress and the process as you guys have evolved and added new product categories and all of that. Um, so speaking of that, Emily McCarthy has so many parts to it. It's an online shop, a brick and mortar. Um, you also do custom stationery and even some custom home good monogram products, and now you do clothing too. So can you tell us a little bit about what came first and kind of um, the journey there? So what came first was the online store in 2012. Um, I was at the time working from home doing freelance design work, um, a lot of custom stationery and invitations. Um, But With a background of product design, I was really itching to venture into that as my own company instead of, you know, designing for other clients, which is what I had done in the past. So um, after spending so many years in the gift industry, you know, I had grown a little bit um, bored of seeing a lot of the same things. So a lot of the same fonts and prints and products and I just felt like, which is always our mission, that if I was going to design products and start my own business, that I wanted to figure out a way to stand out and be truly different and create a very special product that we would essentially be known for eventually and um, and be just something different and a little bit elevated. And, and so when we launched the online store, um, I say we, but it was really just me (laughs) and um, my husband. Um, You know, I designed a lot of stationery and just our basics. So cocktail napkins and cups. And the website was very basic and it had those those basic products. And and it's funny, those are still our top sellers. Oh. So we launched the online store and – just by way of social media, you know, Instagram had just started at that point. Mm-hmm. And I honestly started using Instagram as a way to edit photos of my son, who was at that point a year old. And it, it, I, it wasn't even a thing then. Like, and me being a photography major, I just wanted a way to edit photos on my phone that I was uh-huh. taking of my baby. And I downloaded this app and I'm like, I really love these filters and like the way that I can play with the lighting. And um, that's essentially how I got on Instagram. It was never to start it as a business. And so photos of my child turned into uh, photos of things that we're doing in our everyday life and then insert photos of what I was doing work-wise. And it just was a, an organic growth of followers, not only that were my friends, but then friends of theirs and family members. And then once we, uh, at the time I did have a blog. So I started kind of promoting that on the blog. And so eventually it grew into this following that I really had no intention of doing. It was just, it was a, it was a natural thing. And um, which now is so hard to even understand with <laughs> the changes that have happened in social media and Instagram. But so going back, I launched the website and just by way of social media was able to get the word out. And 
we grew an email list and we did a lot of online orders. I hired my first employee who I was so nervous about (laughs) hiring and taking on someone that someone on the payroll was such a big step. And it's funny to think of now because she worked like two afternoons a week. And it was honestly hard to even think about things that I could give her to do. Like, I know I needed help, but it was hard for me to like delegate and Mm -hmm. and think about what I could give someone else as a task. So, you know, I got comfortable with that. She started coming three days and then it turned into full time and we were both working in what's now our playroom of our house shipping out orders. And about a year later, we just were honestly running out of room and, mm-hmm. and Rhett was getting older and it, you know, we were just cramped. So, um, I wasn't really looking. So I was again, scared of taking that step, but, um, there was a new building in town that had been renovated and had, um, artist cottages and you could rent one for like, I don't know, 700 a month, like considering where we are now at the time, it was the scariest thing ever, but I knew that we needed to move the business out of the house. And so we did that and fast forward, um, we started adding more products. We started expanding, like instead of having one style cocktail napkin, we added three different styles of cocktail napkins. So it, it really grew based on the product availabilities from our manufacturers. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we did very little in-house. We work with a lot of our great partners and and private labeling their products. So um, you know, we just kept adding more and more because when you're an online store, you really don't have too much of an expense to add more personalized products. So mm-hmm. we grew from there. And then at that time, um, I started launching uh, a little bit of my print design on products. So um, having inventory ready to ship that was that people didn't have to wait to have personalized. Um, so it, it actually launched by way of cotton and quill with fabrics and wallpapers. And yeah. then it was a natural progression to take like the cheetah print and like, well, this would also be cute on a tumbler and a note card and um, a tote bag. And so that kind of became the second division of the shop that was not personalized, but able is like a grab and go item. Um, we had a little showroom there that, that locals started coming to, and that's sort of what paved the way for our local business. Um, so again, two years later, we grew out of, uh, we ran out of room again. Um, (laughs) And I knew eventually that I wanted to open a store. I really just didn't think it was at the point where my second child was six months old and I would be going down that road. But again, we were out of room. I prayed about it. I consulted with all the people that I talked to about these things. And I, you know, and I have a really good friend who has three kids and she's worked and she said, do you know, if you're going to do this, I know you were going to wait till they were later in life, but it's actually easier if you do it now, because when they do get older and they're in school, they also have all these activities and things mm-hmm. to do. And it, they actually, you're going to be busier then than you are now. And now that I'm in that place, I see that. So uh-huh. we, we kind of hustled. We moved into the space we are now. At that time, I did have one additional employee uh, when we moved, and she was part time. So within probably two three months, I hired a shop manager. Um, I hired two more people, and then we launched. Um, we opened the doors to the flagship store, which is where we are now. Um, since then, our product inventory has grown uh, just a large amount just due to customer requests, um, what our local shop for, what our online shoppers are looking for. Um, and it's just essentially all things that I use in my everyday mm-hmm. life that our customers use. I'm constantly talking to my friends and neighbors and 
seeing what they ask for. And they're always like, Ooh, you need to do this and you should have this in the store. Like I've been looking for that. And, and that's really kind of how we've grown and, um, moving into how did we get into clothing? So at this point we have the personalized side of the business. We have just, I call like ready to wear, like print, items and then we also carry a lot of other lines that complement our brand. Yeah. Um so the missing piece of the puzzle for me was the style part of it. Um so essentially being a one-stop shop for um any given hostess that you can get everything from your cocktail napkin to your cocktail dress and it all is showing your signature style. It has um our brand story behind it and after years of of customers saying, have you ever thought about making a dress out of your cheetah print? Or you have all these fun styles, like we wish that we had this in a top or a scarf. And mm-hmm. so with clothing being a medium as an artist that I had never ventured into, nor not, knew nothing about production and, and pattern making and sourcing, um, we did hire a consultant company who's been wonderful and it has been the best decision that we made because they have years of experience developing clothing lines and I didn't want to do it without doing it right from, from the get go. So um, it's been a wonderful addition to the business. And although we've launched right before COVID, we've still, seen a great response and feel like very confident and where we're going with, with that part of the brand. And it's just essentially creating like the full scope of, of products for the whole lifestyle behind the brand kind of. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like everything you've launched um, has been really organic and it's come from wants and needs from your customer, which is so smart. So back to backtrack a little bit now. So how did you even get started though designing? Is this something you studied in school or um, was it kind of a hobby that you developed over time? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So so growing up, if you want to go back when I was really young, <laughs> um, my grandmother, who's Lillian's namesake, was an artist. Um, she was a painter and she did portraits and landscapes and still lifes. And, um, I would spend a lot of weeks over the summer, uh, with my grandparents and, and every day we would sit down and she would go over the, the basics of drawing and painting. And she taught me perspective and shading and cross hatching and blending and color mixing. And, um, and, like luckily I kind of had a (laughs) knack for for art and was excited about it and and spent my whole life doing art and my mom says even going back she could just tell like she would walk into school and see everybody's all the kids projects and of course mine she was like okay wait I think she might be good at art (laughs) my mom is also very creative she says she did not get the artistic side of the family that must have gotten that from my grandmother but um so art was always in my blood and um going into college um I definitely wanted to look for a college that had an art program and I I actually looked at SCAD here in Savannah which they're Mm -hmm. so amazing. Um, but at the time didn't really want to go that far away from, from home. So we looked at LaGrange college. They have, it's a very small school, um, South of Atlanta and, um, but their, their art building is phenomenal and I love the small college atmosphere. And so, um, I attended LaGrange, um, dove right into the art program, was actually a photography major up until my junior year. Um, Mm -hmm. all, black and white, dark room, like gallery work. And which if you think about it, that's probably why <laughs> that's essentially why I got on Instagram and why like photos are my favorite thing to do, like taking <laughs> photos of our life and our kids and understanding composition, what, you know, now that's, you know, how we style over shop photos and mm-hmm. our photo shoots. So it's funny how it, the things that you do when you're younger and like how they affect you in your career. Um, 
but I had to take a graphic design course as um, a requirement and I took it and I'm like, well, that was sort of easy. Like I, like, I like it. Like, so I figured out my schedule and figured out that I could do both and still graduate on time. So I stacked up classes and double majored. And um, at the time also had a part-time job at a local gift shop that did stationary invitations. Oh. I just helped her like print invitations. I went to Mart with her. Um, I remember I went to Mart and I met Whitney English, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, Whitney had, and you have to remember this is in 2000, probably two, um, maybe three. Um, I met Whitney English. She had a small little table, um, in the temp, I mean, it wasn't even a full booth. It was like a little table in the stationary (laughs) section of the temps. And she had all these cute note cards sitting out and notepads. And I just was so drawn to her work and I loved her designs. And I introduced myself and we, we chatted and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so great. She had just gotten started. She gave me her card and I kept in touch with her um, through college. And um, at that point she had really started to grow her invitation business and, um, I just fell in love with paper and stationery. And, and so when I graduated college, I applied for a lot of different jobs, but where I landed was a small stationery um, company called Dabberdew and it was in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. um, we designed stationery in-house, printed, shipped, honestly, a lot of the same structure as we do now in the shop. And um did that and then made the jump to work for Swoozies, which at the time had 42 stores. And yeah. um, I was able to get a job uh, with their corporate team. And um, so I essentially just stayed in the stationary gift industry. And, and it's funny, it comes full circle because I'm working at one of the Swoozie stores and I'm, um, we get a huge shipment of stationery in and I look on the box and it says Whitney English. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And at that time we had really not talked in a couple of years and mm-hmm. I had no idea how large her business had, had grown to. And so, um, I unpacked it. I was, it was like Christmas. And, and also I was so proud of her because mm-hmm. she grew from this little table in the tents and now she had this huge business and huge brand and shipping to all these stores. And I, so I, I found the 1-800 number on the forum and I called Whitney and I was like, I know this is crazy, but is Whitney available? Tell her Emily Thickpen, which is my maiden name, um, is on the phone. And she picked up and we chatted and I was like, I just can't believe I'm so proud of you. So she really became a mentor of mine. Um, and really played into, you know, my passion for stationery and paper and why I kind of chose that, that path. But, um, so yeah, art was always in my life and it's just kind of what I did with art. That's, you know, fast forward. Um, I still design all the prints that we do and I still, you know, challenge our team to, um, think outside the box and push the envelope with what they do with what we do. So, um, at the end of the day, I'm really just, trying to stay true to myself and what makes me happy as an artist, essentially I'm, I'm really just truly an artist running this business. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting at times. I love that full circle kind of moment that you had there. Um, so you had been working then, you know, for Swoozies and other companies in the paper industry. And then when, when did you have this like light bulb moment sort of where you were like, you know what, I can do this on my own. I can do something better. I could do something different. What was that like? Like, do you remember when that moment was when you thought, Hey, I can do this on my own and venture off? Sure. So, um, when I was working for Swoozies, my, my husband proposed and we knew that we were going to want to start a life in Savannah. Well, there wasn't a Swoozies in Savannah and I, made the pitch to Kelly, the owner, that I can still be valuable to this team from Savannah and commute when I need to. And so when we moved here, I worked for Sweezy's for, let's see, about three years, traveled, 
um, but worked remotely. And so as I met people in Savannah, I, you know, they knew I did graphic design. They knew I did photography. I started doing a little bit of freelance Okay. and it, it just, we start, I started getting more and more orders for invitations and I was essentially doing my full-time job. And then on the side, like had freelance going on and that's when the economy was, um, was taking a dive and, um, I knew some changes were probably on the horizon with Swoozies and, um, I didn't know like what the future held. And at that time I had the same amount of freelance income coming in that I did with my salary job. Um, so I felt confident to make the decision to, you know, really, dive into my life in Savannah and not commute anymore and have the creative freedom to do what I wanted as an artist. And, um, so, you know, I approached my husband about it, showed him the numbers and just said, I feel like I need to close one door in order to fully open this other door. And I know there's so much more possibility with where I'm going than, you know, staying where I am now. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it was the best decision. We never even missed a beat. I mean, my husband who is very, you know, financially just aware and just uh, he's very analytical and um, he's more type A than I am. And so he was a little freaked out at first. And how do you know you're going to have income? And I'm like, no, it's fine. I promise. It's fine. I'll make it work. If I set my mind to do it, like it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he laughs now. He's like, I can't believe I like was nervous. Like, <laughs> but, um, so, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to pray about it. And, and you definitely, for anybody who wants to work for themselves, like my piece of advice would be like, you have to work for other people first. Like you have uh-huh. to have experience. Um, I can't tell you how many college graduates I meet. They're like, well, I'm just going to like do my own thing and work for myself. And I'm like, okay, but you don't have any experience yet. And the amount of experience that I have from my previous employers and other like careers, like I, it's so crazy how that all affects me now. And I've, mm-hmm. I've told, like I saw Kelly and Swoozy still now and, um, their business looks a little bit different now than it did at the time. But I saw her last year at Mart and I just thanked her because I said at the time, I didn't really know these lessons that I was learning. And, um, but now I see those and now I understand you more as a boss and, um, a working mom. And like, I'm just so thankful for those opportunities that you gave me and for, just the, the lessons that I learned and the experience that I have. And it's just so important if you are going to go out on your own that you do get experience under your belt and so that you, you've you learned the things yeah. that you don't want to do and what you do want to do. Exactly. And I think it a lot of times it gives you the foundations um, and the the processes that you might not have known about if you just go out and start your own. That's kind of how I started my businesses. I was working on an agency full-time and then eventually I started freelancing on the side. And then that freelance clients that turned into my own business. And um, without working at that agency, I wouldn't have had the foundations of, you know, how things work, how things are run really. Exactly. Um, Okay. So you had an online store before your brick and mortar, which is opposite, I feel like, than a lot Mm -hmm. of people. So can you talk a little bit about the decision to do that and kind of, I guess, so maybe talk about your customers. Like, is your online customer different than your local customer? Are they the same? A little bit about that would be great. So it it is funny. We did it the opposite. Most <laughs> people open the doors of their store and then they eventually start selling online. I honestly cannot imagine doing it that way. That terrifies me in today's market that without having the social media following and online presence to support the physical store. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine doing it that way. Um, and I think 100% of our success has been from the, the momentum that we had from the online presence um, because there was a need for the physical store. And we created that need of people seeing the website. They, and they're like, we really want to, be able to see this in person? Can I come by your house? Can I come by your studio? Like mm-hmm. we 
people just wanted to see things in person and get a, a, the full experience of shopping with us. And um, we had that big following and that is what drives traffic to the physical store now. So we open instead of being three to six months of trying to get the word out that we're here, trying to get customers to find us. Like we already had customers. And so it's worked really well for us. And there has been a transition of business. I would say for a long time, the online store still was a lot, a lot more of the percentage of our business than the physical store. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the amount of people that it reaches like across yeah. the country. Um, so it did t- take a while to get locals finding us coming in, like they were there, but it's just getting, getting in a part of their everyday routines. Like some people thought we were all the way downtown and the parking would be hard. We're like, no, parking's easy. Like, <laughs> it's just word of mouth. And the more customers that came in, then, oh, I've been meaning to come in and they buy stuff and then they're coming in the next week. And then they come yeah. in every week after that. So there's a lot of repeat customers now. And then just as my children have gotten older and we're in school now and we're interested in the community. And I see someone at the pool and they're like, Oh, I need to come in tomorrow. And I'm like, great. You know what? Just order online. I'll drop it off on your front porch. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that that goes on. So now the, the physical store is right in line with the online business, but mm-hmm. they're two totally different customers. Yeah. So the local shopper is coming in, they're buying our cups and our napkins, and um, they're not doing as much personalized as mm-hmm. the online store. I would say most of our online business are personalized products. So Interesting. cups, like personalized cocktail napkins are the number one seller on the website, but they're most definitely not in the store. Um, because locals are coming in to get like their little happy of the week. They're, yeah. or they're going kind of grab like, and go. Yeah. They're grabbing like our gift bar feature, which is essentially 19 of the top selling letters of last names. Mm-hmm. Um, we stock like 12 different products and 19 letters. So you can walk in at any given point and get a sleeve of cups with A's on them and a, and a pack of napkins with an A and it makes a cute gift. Yep. Um, so locals shop that feature all day long. So they're getting something personalized, but they don't have to wait on it. Um, so that's a big feature of the store. Um, you know, registry is a, is a big part of the store too. We have brides that register for a lot of the, the personalized items. So that drives up the personalized side of the business in the store. Um, but locals are coming in, they're getting their cups and napkins for the weekend with, you know, whatever they're doing, birthdays, beach. Um, they're grabbing a shirt for date night on Saturday night. They're grabbing a candle for their kitchen. Like they're just grabbing, like we've essentially created this, this, atmosphere that like they've got to have their little like Emily McCarthy parts of their life so they (laughs) have their gift for their girlfriend they have their hostess gift because they're going to their friend's house this weekend you know they they want to talk for what they're doing this weekend they need their beach wrap because they're going to go on the boat like we tap into every part of our customer's life and figure out how we provide the essentials that they need I love that. And I mean, I think, you know, your point that you mentioned that you can't imagine opening the store before the online shop now is so true. Once you explained it, I mean, I think it's kind of an old school mentality to think that you need the brick and mortar before the online. But that was a great point that you already have built this following. Um, so you kind of have a built in customer base. Which yes. Is and there's a lot so of excitement smart. leading up to it. Like yeah. customers and um, and followers were like, finally, like a physical like place that we can go and we get so not so much in the last few months, obviously, but <laughs> before COVID, um, we have so many shoppers every weekend that have come to Savannah and they're like, we, we came through Savannah because we really wanted to come to the shop, which is like mind blowing to me. I'm like, it makes me, us feel so special <laughs> and like, oh no, that's gosh, the same. Like, well, like, I hope it's like everything we've built it up to me. <laughs> we love it. And you know, we have, we have a, people from all over we're always asking like where people are from because it's it's just mind-blowing but um you know um there's something I was going to say about COVID uh oh I know with with in regards to physical stores and then online stores and 
what I found is that, especially locally, a lot of the, the stores are so locally driven that they didn't mm-hmm. have websites or they weren't updated or they weren't quite operating online like we are. And it was, COVID was very, very hard for them. And I think in a retail world in general, if you weren't online during this time, it, it was bad because mm-hmm. your customers can no longer shop with you. Um, so I think that's the silver lining to what we've all been going through as retailers the past few months, because I've seen that it's, it's because they do have more time on their hands. It's forced them to move their inventory online and, yep. um, and start reaching other customers. Like why only limit your customers to the ones that can come into your store when you can access customers all over the country and all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's, it's been good. And I think that's where it's where it's headed. Like you have to have online presence, whether you physically sell everything that you have in the shop, but at least have a website and have a social media following and be able to reach people from afar. Yep. No, I a hundred percent agree. And I definitely saw that myself that, you know, all these retailers were scrambling to get an online presence. And now I think everyone sort of learned from that and realized that it's such an important part of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you find inspiration? Like when you're creating a new dress, maybe for the spring or even maybe just a new pattern, where are you finding inspiration and ideas? So really we start with prints. Um, and I think about it, you know, as a season, which has actually been challenging for me because up until this point, we, we have such small run of our products. We're designing what we have maybe like two months before we have it in the shop. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's more, you know, on the, in the moment of what we're doing in life and where we've traveled to and what I'm seeing as inspiration. But um, now with clothing, we have to work actually a year, um, a year out. So uh, we're in August and we're already working on next fall's prints, which is crazy to think about what am I going to like a year from now? Um, So, and you know, our brand, you know, we don't, we don't typically try to follow trends necessarily, Mm -hmm. like, but we are aware of what's going on. We are aware of what customers are, are responding to. Um, So essentially people doing florals, we're like, okay, well, what do, what do we do with a floral that's on brand for us? And then also different than everything else. Um, So you know, the multi-spot Cheeto, which is is what we're known for at this point, um, was actually kind of a fluke. (laughs) It it started, um, I was working on the fabric and wallpapers for Cotton and Quill. And I wanted to do a cheetah print because cheetah's always been something that I've loved. Mm -hmm. And, um, it started in the black and the tan. And I, I was like, I want it to be a really large scale. Like large scale is definitely what I'm drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe we need to make a Navy version. And what about a pink cheetah? And then, and then I started just playing with colors and dropping them in. And it, it, I was like, wouldn't this be crazy? It was like all these different colors. And I'm like, it's probably going to be tacky. (laughs) And we looked at it. um, My employee at the time, I'm like, I kind of really love it. Like, this is crazy. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. Like, no one will probably order it. It's like so bold. Like, it's not the safe choice. Um, And so fast forward, it's still our top selling print. And we'll just honestly never go away. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's fun and different, but it's also classic. Like, I feel like there's something almost retro about it that makes it like a staying power. Yeah. So it's like, we, scale is important to us. Um, like if we're going to do a stripe, how is the stripe different? Do I hand paint the stripe? Does it have soft edges? Does it have a wave to it? Does it, um, you know, like a lot of times I try to morph prints. Like what if I want to do a stripe, but also I want to, I want to make it my favorite flower hydrangeas. So like, do we do a hydrangea stripe? Like, what does that look like? And so we kind of start with concepts and then like I grow it from there. And sometimes a print will take me maybe 30 minutes. Um, sometimes it might take me days to work through it till it feels right. And sometimes mm-hmm. it never gets right. Sometimes we give up and I'm like, this is just never going to work. Like, <laughs> And it, it's not the time to do it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm definitely inspired by a lot of classic prints. So, you know, stripes and animal prints and um, geometrics. I mean, I've, that's the graphic designer in me that just loves like order and patterns. Um, but, and that's what's kind of hard for me to do things like florals because it's not as structured as the way that my mind works, like aesthetically. Um, but I'm inspired by our daily lives, like what we're seeing, what, you know, the marsh grass or the oysters. And so you see a lot of that in our products. Um, and then traveling too, like there's a lot of things that have been inspired by my travels to Italy and, um, and then just animal prints in general. Like I just can never get enough animal prints and mm -hmm. animals. And, um, I just think there's so much life and so much color and, and variety and, and just that subject matter. So, um, you'll find that with a clothing collection, we have, it's our purpose to have the cheetah print in every collection, but presented different ways. Um, okay. you'll see, you know, last fall we had the black and the tan, like the classic and spring, we did the spring mix, which is the pink and the orange and the green. And then in the summer we had the blue and then, um, in fall, we have a neutral, which is like all creamy, like tans and oatmeal Ooh, colors. That and sounds then, really nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a, like a good neutral. And mm -hmm. then for spring, we have it in like a peach card and it's beautiful. And then next summer, we're finally going to release like the multi-spot cheetah, like in its original form. So, um, so it's just, it's just really, it's fun. So just inspired by like what, and then pieces wise, like what I love to wear and what's comfortable for me. And like fit is really important um, when we're developing the patterns and thinking about um, how things feel and how things fit. We don't want things to be, you know, like too long or too short. And, you know, every body type is different. So yep. it's hard to make everybody happy. So we try to have a piece that maybe is a little on the shorter side for people that are you know, shorter and that way there's, they don't feel like it's too long. And then we have pieces that are a little longer for taller people. And so, you know, we try to think of everybody and every body type when we're releasing the different patterns. Yeah, no, you definitely cover all your bases. When I was trying on a few pieces, I noticed that too, that there's, you know, a top if you don't mind necessarily your bum being uncovered with jeans right. or something like that. But right. then there's an, a longer version if you prefer, you know, it to be exactly. covered up and a little bit more coverage. Exactly. Um, all right. So who would be your dream customer? Hmm. It could I be think, a celebrity or I a royal. I think if Iris had a pair of her own personal or a set of our, her own uh, personalized cocktail napkins, I would die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. And I love just her embracing her own signature style. I mean, not mm -hmm. everyone has the, um, the bold style that she does, but I just, oh, I just love her. I think she's precious. I know she has such great style and she's not afraid to be herself. And it's funny because I've made Will watch the documentary with her. Yes. And so now like he knows who she is and yes. like points her out if we see a picture or anything, which I love. Yes. I think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she's great. So what have been some challenges that you faced along the way? I think challenges would be just the fear that lies in making big decisions of like, okay, we're out of room, we need to, you know, move and I'm taking on more expense. And, you know, I, I don't really see them as, you know, challenges. They were more so just big decisions that I had to make were scary. And, you know, I was a little sleepless those weeks and consulted friends and family and my husband and, um, you know, you, you're hesitant going into it, but you have this thought in the back of your mind, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And yes, I, I pray that it works. And I, I have the mentality, like, it's just going to work. And all of my staff will say that, like, no, it's going to work. We're going to make it work and it's going to be fine. And it's going to be great. And, um, you know, all this, all the parts of the story that you heard earlier, um, those are all big decisions and challenges that we had. And, mm -hmm. um, and then clothing was definitely a challenge for me. 
just creatively because it's a it's a different creative process than I was used to and it what it's putting together a, a way different puzzle than um than our team was used to and going from prints to products to what's going to go on this and that it's just it's a it's a lot different than we were used to and I've learned a lot this past year yeah. and you know thankful for our team that they've educated us in the way that they have and now I feel like we have a well-oiled machine with collections and what's going on and um but it's been the the biggest learning curve of my career um for sure and just learning what the customers have responded to and the the styles that have sold more than others and using that knowledge to make improvements and changes in other collections um and then challenges obviously being the last few months of mm-hmm. just this unpredictable circumstance that we're all in as retailers as moms and um bosses and you know all of a sudden we're all at home and my team is all working remotely and I'm also homeschooling my children and trying to keep my team excited and motivated and um, on track for at least the online business that we could still sustain. And, and how do we stay, you know, current and stay excited about, you know, we still have to make this work. So what are the new things that we could be doing? Like, let's branch out, let's brainstorm, let's hop on different Zoom calls with other creatives. And how do we just keep moving forward? And how do we pivot to new directions to get through this? And um, to launch a clothing line and then for COVID to hit has been definitely a huge challenge and a huge hit that we've taken. And um, But I, I feel confident in the, the collections moving forward. I know that we're going to get back to normal. And I know that um, if anything, we've all learned a lot from this and, and I, I do, I, I, you know, challenges are, are things that you should learn from and mistakes you learn from and anyone that works for me will, you know, when someone messes an order up or we do something that causes a problem, I'm always like, I'm not mad at you, but I just, what, did, what have you learned from this? And I mm-hmm. ask them all to really you know, tell me what they've learned from it and that we don't make the same mistake again. And I just think that's part of experience and, and growing as a team that we learn from our mistakes and our challenges and, and learn what doesn't work and what does work and how do we better ourselves. Yep. No, I think that that's all, even though they're challenges, great advice on how to overcome them. Exactly. So on the flip side to that, what have been, you know, your most successful moments or moments that you're most proud of? Career-wise, definitely opening the the green doors to our shop that everyone's mm-hmm. familiar with. Um, it was at that moment that I was like, okay, I'm finally here. Like, this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, and then when we wa- we launched the clothing line, I mean, even when I was little, I had that you know, I always loved designing clothes and outfits. And I used to draw like outfits on, on models and show different textures and fabrics. And it, and it's like fast forward, I'm standing in New York uh, for our first fitting. And it was just, it was really surreal to, to be there. And then personally, just um, you know, the birth of our two children and showing them what you can do in life when you put your mind to it and showing what it looks like to follow your dreams. Like that's the best gift that we can both give them because my husband owns his own business too. And, you know, those are valuable lessons to teach them as we're both entrepreneurs and show them what it's like to, to work hard and also play hard and, and also show that life is not all about that work and that hustle and then it's also about taking time to, you know, do the things you love too. Mm-hmm. So expanding on that then, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a wife, you're a mom and so much more. What advice do you have for balancing or getting things done on your to-do list then? So I divide and conquer. So now, well, now that the kids are back to school, it's, it's, we're going back to <laughs> normal structure. But when I'm at work, like I'm 100% you know, at work and with my team, we're going through the day or we're going through our, um, just our processes and our deadlines and our everyday to-do list. And I have an amazing team that 
honestly, they function just fine without me and they're great. And that allows me also to, to be a mom and be at home when I need to. And if I have sick kids or I just want to be home with them that day, like I know that that's something that I can do. And that's something that was important for me in building this business that I'm building this business so that it does kind of run itself and I can be a mom when I need to be. And I can go somewhere with my husband if I want to. And I'm not married to being here all the time because I just don't think that's what life is all about either. And, um, so, you know, I divide and conquer when I'm here, I'm here. When I leave here, I pick the kids up, you know, when we're at home, I try my best to be hundred percent present with them and with home life and our friends and our neighbors and our family members. And, um, my husband too, like we try to have date night and we do stuff with our friends. And, um, I'm always trying to, you know, think of things for the kids to do. And, um, and, and although we both own two small businesses, so I would be lying if I said we never check in with work or we don't answer <laughs> work calls when we're, we, we are with the kids, but we try our best to be focused on them. And if, you know, if the girls call from the shop, I know it's really important and, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be, you know, assisting them of course, but, you know, I try my best to have a separation and then also taking care of myself. Like I could not take care of my family and my staff and the business if I didn't take care of myself either. So exercise and diet and all of that is so, so important in my mental state. And yeah. I know that I'm a better mom and wife and boss because I do spend time on myself and staying centered and, and doing all those things. That sounds, you know, like you're, your kids have so much to look up to with you and your husband then because they see you two working hard and they know, you know, that you can achieve things if you work hard. And, but then they also have you guys as mom and dad to spend time with. So I think that's great. Yeah. So since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? I think preppy means to me, um, bright colors, bright prints, um, I definitely think it means a popped collar. And, then, <laughs> and I also think it's just happy people and happy people that want to, um, you know, be with the people that they love and host amazing parties and um, have your monogram cocktail napkins and your perfect invitation in the mail. And you just live a, a full life and a happy life. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. What are some of your favorite products on your site that are in the shop right now? And it's probably hard. (laughs) It's hard because like people are like, what's your favorite? I'm like, well, it's not in here if it's not my favorite. (laughs) Like I pick out all my favorite things for the shop. So it's kind of hard. But um, I would say, and we actually have an Emily's favorite things section on the website. Um, Oh, good to know. The poppy top is my favorite piece of clothing that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Emily dress is my favorite dress, of course. Um, and then I love, honestly, I love our to-go cups, like our plastic cups, because mm-hmm. that's like entrenched in our everyday life. We take them on the boat to the beach. Um, Savannah has the open container law, so we can actually walk around with the cocktail oh, yeah. if you would like. Um and uh, our cocktail napkins, I just think, are always like a bestseller and something that I always give as gifts too. And then our cocktail candle. Oh, I love the cocktail candle. That one's yeah. classic, I feel like. What's one tip you can share with everyone for entertaining? Mm, okay, so my tip for entertaining is I try to finish everything I need to do. It doesn't always happen, but I try at least 15 minutes before um, guests arrive. So you can kind of relax, have a cocktail before your guests arrive. So you're nice and, and calm and you're not in a frenzy from cleaning up the house and get everything ready. I just, and then just refresh yourself, throw on your lipstick and just be relaxed and ready to entertain. That's a great tip. So then speaking of cocktails, what's your favorite cocktail or go-to drink? Well, um, Prosecco is always one of my favorites. Um, I think it depends on what kind of mood you're in. Like light and airy Prosecco is my favorite. 
Um, if you want a little something to sip over ice, limoncello is my favorite. Mm. And then honestly, my everyday drink um, is reposado tequila. And I usually just do that with Topo Chico, maybe a splash of grapefruit. Oh, I like the grapefruit edition there. So what's next for you and your shop and your online business and, you know, all of your products? Can you share any, you know, upcoming things? Sure. That well, um, for fall, we have a lot of fun new products coming in. We're really focusing on the charcuterie direction because a lot of us are doing that at home. We have some new napkins and cups and products coming in for that that are really, really, really cute. Um, holiday is going to be all about, um, like a peppermint twist. So we have reds and pinks and golds, and it's just a really fun, like sugary look to Christmas. Um, and then going into next year, we have, um, our spring collection, which will be blue, a uh, light blues and cornflower blues and, and baby pinks and golds. And then summer, we just go out with tons of color and we have a new print launching, um, that's really, really fun. And I think will be a, a second favorite to multi-spot cheetah. Oh, that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final question, um, where can everyone find you? Can you let everyone know your social media handles and your website where they can shop and find you? Yes. Uh, so www.emilymccarthy.com is our online store. Everything that you see in the store can be shopped online. Um, so you can visit the website, learn all about our products, um, our designs, our monograms, um, the wedding side of our business, all the clothing. It, it's all housed on the website. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at Emily McCarthy Shop, and Shop is S H O P P E. Um, you can find us there and actually shop everything on Instagram too. And then if you're in Savannah, um, we're in historic district, and we would love to see you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.